Welcome to LTG Ectoplasm, your home for Spirit Tribal and Magic the Gathering. I'm your host, White, aka D Blanco, a medium that wears an extra extra large. You can reach out to me on Twitter at MTG Ectoplasm or you can email me directly at MTG Ectoplasm at gmail.com. Let me know how am I doing? Am I doing a good job, a bad job, or I shouldn't quit my day job? Now, like I ask each and every single episode, do me a favor, hit that follow, like, subscribe button. I don't care where you're streaming it. You could be right now on Twitch, Twitter, uh, YouTube. Uh, you could be listening on Spotify, uh, SoundCloud, or what, what is it, the Google Podcast and uh, Apple Podcast. Just do me a favor. Due to these algorithms, if you want people to know more about this content and know about what's going on in the world of spirits or magic the gathering, you got to hit that follow, like subscribe button. And please do me a favor, share, 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 share this with your friends and family. Cause if they like magic as much as you like magic, you know, they're going to enjoy the show. Now, before we come on, I do each and every single episode. I want to thank the person who drives the show. Now, for those who don't know, we started the stream a little late, because we had some technical difficulties thanks to this young lady uh the ravishing one she was able to fix it so let me bring on the ravishing one the ravishing renata how you doing there ravishing i'm doing good oh i know you're a little <laughs> under stress a little flustered yeah yeah we, well we have a big episode today uh we have a young man who didn't just take names and kick ass he, he did a whole bunch a lot more than that and especially represented spirits and this was a huge episode so we had a lot of technical difficulties but this young lady found this on let me give her a applause there you go congratulations thank you thank you uh in the very beginning we got a little nervous we got a little skittish you know we were about to start the stream and it just went yeah it was just downhill but now it's time okay i it's a moral imperative let me just pre preface this this young man has blown up pioneer like no one else has before the reason why i say it this way is that everybody in the mother has been copying copying and emulating this deck i've seen uh as you know uh there's a young man in tokyo or sorry, Japan, his name is Hiro Tsuki, has a version of the Mono Blue Snow Build, and it's been a great deck, and it's a version that I use, something comparable to it. Now, this young man who I'm about to bring on, he changed it, he modified it, he made it his own. Let me just tell you, this, this is the flavor of the week. This is some hotness. I've seen YouTubers left and right talking about him, like Nikachu MTG. I've seen uh, Spirit Masters like Andre Segura talk about it. He's the toast of the town right now when it comes to Pioneer. Like I tell you, every single time, every single week, don't sleep on Spirits. Spirits is the hot, sexy deck that people don't know or are unaware of, and it doesn't matter which version you get. Like I had Renf, like uh, last week, he plays Bant. I love Azorius, but I, I'm more of a Mono Blue Snow Belt. Let me bring in the young man who kicked ass with Mono Blue Snow Belt. The incomparable. Zach Fink. How you doing there, Zach? How you doing, my friend? I'm doing great. Thank you very much for having me. Well, thank you for being it. patient with us, you know, with especially with the technical difficulties. We almost had to call it, then all of a sudden my wife wakes me up like, I fixed it. I'm like, okay, okay, let me throw some water on my face and get this thing started because this is a huge, this is a huge in uh, interview for me. Reason why is because the world was not expecting in a showcase 
pioneer showcase that spirits could succeed. And on top of that, a mono blue snow belt. No one saw that one coming. And I applaud you 110% because we have Winona. We have uh, uh, the green devotion deck. We have red, red deck wins. We have all these other decks that are out there doing exceptionally well, but nobody saw mono blue snow spirits do what it did. Congratulations. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Well, let me, let me begin by, you know, starting you off. So the audience gets to learn a little bit about you, Zach. Uh, how long have you been playing magic and what made you get into magic? So <clears throat> I've been playing magic for about you know, 10 ish years. Um, I actually started getting into it because um, my brother really liked magic and he was um, my brother's five years older than I am. And, you know, I started out thinking that, you know, I had always been an athlete and I never really thought I was going to get into you know, something like magic, but I really, really enjoyed how it tests your mind compared to a lot of the other, you know, card games that are available and the mixture of, you know, trying to mitigate variance while also, you know, having a lot of play to everything really makes me enjoy the game a lot more than I expected. And obviously I started getting into competitive magic once I got into college and then you know, um, got MTGO a couple of years ago and have been rolling ever since. Well, let me just tell you, I'm a novice and like I've been a paper player since 1999. Um, I'm brand new to MTGO. I'm still learning the intricacies of MTGO. I just started doing a live stream. <clears throat> For those who don't know, I do gameplay. I'm actually running a mono blue snow build right now. I currently I'm two and one. I lost to Lotus Combo because I couldn't figure out how to correctly uh, counter efficiently. I was like, how's this stupid thing work? And I, I, I ended up screwing myself. But, you know, it's my first time in a league. Yeah, so I'm going I'm to count that as a victory, even though I lost. Yeah, the using MTGO, I mean, it is a little bit of an old software and, you know, has a lot of intricacies that you just need to learn. So it just takes time. Obviously. Yeah, me personally, I like. I love how arena looks. I like how arena feels. My thing is, you know, I have a problem with arena in this, and especially in, in because I'm an older player. I know what I want. I know what I want to play. Don't waste my time. I want to get the cards that I want to need. I'm yeah. not going to sit there and open up pack after pack and go, "Oh, I finally get the card." Oh, oh I got no, 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 no. I go to my local retailer. Hey, I'm looking for these cards. Give me my cards. Here's my money. Have a nice day. Yeah. Exactly. I don't like to waste time. And, and and to me, that's my one issue that I have with arena compared to MTGO because MTGO, what I want, daddy gets daddy. Well, daddy wants yep. daddy yep. gets. So let me ask you, what made you get into spirits? So the biggest reason I played spirits this weekend or um, last weekend for the showcase was um, I really wanted to play a deck that I felt could reliably have a good matchup both against Wynota and Mono Green. I'm not a person who, you know, I'm a, I am a person who switches decks depending on where the meta is and what I think can concede, what can succeed, you know, competitively at the time. Right. And 
I had had a lot of, I, I heard a lot of different things about spirits, um, especially the mono blue build. I know you had mentioned Hirotsuka had been, you know, doing well with it, but a lot of people online were kind of, you know, making the deck sound like it was just a meme or, you know, it, it wasn't as, you know, people, it had good starts, but if you didn't have a quick curious obsession start, you would end up just falling too far behind. And I gave the deck a shot and it, you know, it impressed me, especially the more I started playing with it, because it really tests your ability to navigate certain board states. And, you know, every matchup you play, you different cards do different roles. And so I really felt like my mono green and Wynota matchups were very good. And so that, that was, I, you know, I've played... I was playing mono red originally um, beforehand, and I was not having success in the mono green matchup. So that's the biggest reason I switched it up. See, what people don't understand, like typical spirits, you know, and especially in modern, and that's where that's where I, I get most of my expertise is, you know, spirits protect their own, and that's what they're known for. When yep. it comes into pioneer, and especially with mono blue, a whole different ball game mono blue is get your creatures out yes smash as quickly as possible there's here and there where you protect but then it's control the board state counter 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 and because you have those quick creatures it's delightful now the one creature that i i'm not a huge fan of especially in the one drop is spectral sailor not a huge fan of the card but but let me just tell you when there's times where i'm not playing anything and on my opponents at the end of my opponent's turn i will pay the four mana and grab you know get a card what a delight that card has just been uh i've been happy to see the turnaround on spectral sailor yeah absolutely the you know the other thing to note is just your options for one drops in spirits is a little limited i mm -hmm. mean even if you go to even if you go out of mono blue into say bant spirits the one drops you'll see are still you know mausoleum wander is obviously great like that's that's the big mm -hmm. one but I mean, you'll see bant lists sometimes even trim on Spectral Sailor just because it's not the most powerful card in and of itself. But you know, being mono blue allows you to then play Snow and play Ascendant Spirit, which is a very, very powerful card as well. Definitely powerful. Now later on, I'll ask you a particular question, and I want to get your reaction on a one mana card that. I came up with that I'm hoping Watsy one day does print. Well, let me ask you, what is your favorite spirit in the deck and why? So my favorite spirit in the deck is um, it's definitely Rattle Chains. The card has the most play to all to all basically all the spirits that you have access to because mm -hmm. it acts as a protection spell in any of the matchups where your opponent has a lot of removal spells which means oftentimes it's correct to be playing the game at instant speed. And, you know, sometimes you don't even use the two mana at your opponent's end step because, you know, if you flash and rattle chains, then they can respond with removal. And in other matchups, if your opponent doesn't have a ton of removal, you can play this game or sometimes, you know, if you have extra mana, you can go like play rattle chains, play Supreme Phantom on your end step, untap, and now I have a much bigger board than my opponent was expecting. So, yep. you know, your opponent kind of always with rattle chains in your deck always has to consider all the possibilities of anything you can do, you know, during their turn. 
I applaud you with that because let me just tell you, since playing that deck, I love like I love Rattle Chains before in uh, modern. Okay, I I'm a person who plays Azoria Spirits. That's that's my jam right there in modern. When coming to Pioneer, I try to play the Azorius. It's okay. I played the band, big fan of the band, but I had to go to the Mono Blue Snow and Rattle Chain sings. Oh my God. This it's it I call it, you know, I got I got poo-pooed by several people on Reddit, and that's okay. I call it the pseudo lord because it's not a real lord, because you know it comes in and protects, but then it gives all your spirits flash. So I consider that a pseudo lord in a sense. And let me just tell you. If you can protect a creature, you have them on the board state. Now, at the end of every t- you're at the end of each opponent's turn, oh, you just flash in a creature, boom! Oh, now my you know, my next turn, I'm I'm gonna whack you, and I'm gonna keep on whacking you in the face. Yeah. And it's delicious. Like I I want to lick their you know face to get their all their tears. It's like oh, it's wonderful. Now let me ask you, what made you want to play? white blue snow like mono blue snow compared to bant or azorius this you know Renf, you know and i'm not besmirching him he's the spirit master in brazil he loves himself some bant some people are yeah, swinging so, to azorius what made you go a uh, uh, mono blue so the biggest the biggest reason i went to mono blue was the mono was mo- the mono green matchup specifically where a lot of the time you know the bant spirits deck what you gain access to by playing, you know, white is you get access to extra lords and you get access to spell queller, which are obviously extremely powerful cards. And um, when you, you know, if you can add green for collected company as well, your mana base ends up being a little bit less consistent. So one of the things the snow deck gains in addition to consistent mana is getting to play faceless haven. So if you're playing against a deck like, you know, Rakdos Midranger is at Phoenix, just having an extra threat that also functions as a land is really powerful but specifically in the mono green matchup spell queller is not able to counter storm the festival it's not able to counter cavalier of thorns so you're put into a spot where you often just have to race and the mono green deck is surprisingly fast because even if you're racing you know as banned spirits you're not interacting a ton with the board you're really just playing your lords out and hoping you're able to race whereas the mono blue deck you know gets access to four geist lights there which mm-hmm. you know means that even if you're mo- even if somebody on mono green or why is able to develop their board and you know play turn one land or else turn to you know be it sylvan carry out it or prosperous innkeeper out of why you can often just say well i'm gonna de- we're both gonna develop our boards but then when you play the card that matters you know, be it Cavalier of Thorns, Nissa who shakes the world, Storm the Festival, oftentimes those decks are reliant on resolving one or two key cards, you know, and in Wynota is the same way. You want to resolve Chariot or Wynota, and a lot of the other cards don't have a huge impact on the board. So right. getting to play Geistlight Snare and Lofty Denial alongside, you know, a lower curve, I felt was very important. Okay, no, that, that's very, that's fair. I mean, I know like Ralph put out last, uh, like a, a week and a half ago, that you know his his whole whole goal process was to get creatures out quickly, but actually be more interactive with them through the creature base. You know, that's why Skyclave Apparition is yep. is, is really reliable, especially in Ban- uh, in Bant and Azorius as well. But you make a strong argument why Mono Blue Snow tends to be 
the better card. Now, how? Let me ask you. I, I like I'm new to MTGO. Maybe uh, you know some of the viewers or listeners are new to MTGO world, but I've seen Pioneer challenges, but yep. a Pioneer showcase challenge. Can you tell us? Can you educate me on it? And what does it take for an individual to get into a showcase challenge? So the showcase challenges are. Uh, they are actually open to anybody on MTGO who wants to play them. How they okay. function is they replace the challenge um, in a weekend, I believe, three times per season on um, MTGO. A season is usually like four, it's like a four-month span on MTGO. And so it's open to anybody. You have to enter with qualifier points, however. the You need 40 qualifier points, you know, also known as QPs, just to enter. And you can get QPs by either do, doing well in leagues, um, there's preliminary events, or doing well in challenges. There's, okay. you know, um, if you want to go to, you know, you can type into Google MTGO schedule, and you can get um, a schedule as well as if you go to some of their you know preliminary events you can look at the qualifier points that um are either required to enter certain events or you can gain by doing other events okay. you know most of mine come from leagues or preliminaries okay. and it, if you how the showcase challenges work is that they usually have a lot more people because it's um than just a normal challenge because the prize support is signet is better and the Addition is if you top a, a showcase challenge, right? you then qualify for something called their showcase qualifier, which is an invite-only tournament at the end of the season. Mm. And so you're going to end up with the three groups of top eight players in each showcase challenge, as well as a couple people at the end that earn an invite in their last chance qualifiers. So you're usually going to have like 26, 27 people. Wow. And those people compete and first place in that tournament not only qualifies for the Pro Tour, but also qualifies for the Magic Online Championship, which is an you know, exclusive eight-person only event. So wow. You know, the the showcase challenge is your first step to you know getting um, a huge chance at you know making a huge name for yourself so is it so were you able to get into that next tier yourself yes yeah, so i am into the showcase qualifier i've this is i believe my second showcase qualifier i'm playing in well congratulations but thank you and the last showcase qualifier i lost in the semifinals. Oh. so i'm hoping to at some point push through and actually qualify for the magic online championship but you know, all it's a grind. That's all. Now, I can, can, you, can do you get to pick the decky, or you have to stick with the same consistent? Nope, deck? I can pick the deck again. So okay. the meta, you know, when I believe the tournament isn't until July, okay. you know, I'm sure the meta will shake up. I'm sure, you know, more people are playing more, even more with the new cards from New Capanna. I'm Ooh. sure things will shake out, and I will reassess. Okay. Well, there's a part of me that like selfishly is like going there with spirits, you know, keep on kicking ass with spirits. But realistically, I understand the position you're in. Uh, you may not go that way. Who knows? You may choose Azorius or maybe Bant. But Absolutely. you know, who knows? You know, you know, that's that's the fickle thing when it comes to these things. And I'm actually very happy and very proud. Like I said, yeah, yeah, 
kicked ass out there. Now, for those who don't know, you can reach Zach at Zach Fink 64 on Twitter. Now he's a good lead. He's a good follower. So if you go there, I guarantee he'll put out information here and there about what he's doing, how he's kicking ass and taking names and uh, not chewing any bubble gum in the middle of doing it. But you know, he's a good uh, good guy and you need to follow this young man because if he's doing this successfully over and over again i think it's a moral imperative that you follow him just say thank you very much i also just want to you know make sure for those um it is z-a-c-k so i don't want oh, people to sorry. get no problem uh, i just don't uh, want you know i don't know how close twitter is with you know if you type in the if you misspell something i don't know i just want to make sure you know if you're able if you would like to follow me i would very much appreciate that you'll see all my magic content up there it's zk z-a-c-k-f-i-n-k see if we can post it up correctly this time and there you go we we corrected and fixed it on the fly look at that ravishing hey Ravishing Renata doing her job and doing a good job at it. Now, Zach, I want to take a look at your deck list, if you don't mind. Sounds good. So let's bring up your deck list. There it is. And it's your mono blue snow by you. Now, we're let's look at the deck list real quick. You have 27 creatures. You have four ascendant spirits, four Muslim wanderers, four spectral sailors, four rattle chains, four shackle geist four supreme phantoms and three brazen borrower i can't complain here i like everything you did it's just different from what hirotosuke does because he only uses two brazen borrower now if we keep continue going in the spells you have four curious obsession four guys like snares and then three lofty denials and then there's some there's another question there what happens is that Hiro Tosuki, he only runs two lofty denials. No, uh, sorry, spell pierce. And then he runs, uh, oh, what is this thing? Uh, something of icon. Ancestry of icon. icon. Of ancestry, uh, yeah. Thank you. Icon of ancestry. What made you do that? You know, what made you go brazen borrower and add a lofty instead of the spell pierce and not use the, ans- the icon of ancestry? So Spell Pierce is, you know, a super efficient card, you know, obviously more efficient than Lofty Denial, but specifically I did expect a ton of Wynota. Spell Pierce unfortunately cannot counter the mainstay card Wynota, and I was a little bit concerned that, you know, only having four Geistlight Snares as actual and no, essentially no main deck removal, like I know Shacklegeist, you know, it can answer something and brazen borrower can bounce Wynota for a turn but if Wynota hits the battlefield and they attack the game is likely going to be over so you really need to deal with it when it's actually on the stack so i wanted to you know i knew i wanted a few more counter spells you're going to see a lot of spirits players with lofty denial in the sideboard so i knew i wanted extra counter spells in the main um, that could counter creatures as well so I moved the lofty denials into the side, into the main board, and then what that also does is it allows me to have extra sideboard slots that are meant for more specific matchups. Like lofty denial is, you know, obviously I said for Wynota and Mono Green, but it, it's never bad. The card is always, you know, two mana. Assuming you have a flyer on board, which almost the entire deck is, it's gonna it's gonna be a good counter spell. 
So I, you know, I mainly wanted to streamline the deck and, you know, the, make the sideboard for the specific matchups that I wanted to address. Okay, no, it's it's a, it's a solid. Me me personally, I've been I have the spell pierce, and there's sometimes where I feel like I'm holding on to the spell pierce, and it's not doing the job. It it needs to be done. So you you make a valid point. Why doing so? Now, um, the icon. Why didn't you put the icon in the deck? So icon of ancestry is a very interesting card. It's very very slow in what it does. It is a three mana. It's essentially a three mana lord but it isn't a creature itself and then so it needs your other creatures to stay um to be on board and then you can pay even more mana in order to gain card advantage so my biggest problem that i had with the card overall especially in game one i think it's a reasonable sideboard card was ever since um nykthos and winota have popped up more and um Ever since Izzet has been moving more towards playing copies of like Ledger Shredder or, you know, or Quick Thing in the Ice starts, I often felt right. like I wasn't able to, you know, relish the card advantage side of the card. Mm-hmm. And that, especially in game one, I want, I was kind of pressured to play to the battlefield quicker. And I often felt like, you know, rather than tapping out for a three mana card that you know, doesn't directly impact the board in its own. Mm-hmm. I would rather have additional copies of interaction be it Brazen Borrower Lofty Denial. Okay, that's valid. I mean, personally, I love the fact that you did add in the Brazen Borrower because to me, it does make sense. Nothing beats, you know, bouncing something an opponent has and next up, you know, like when it's on their turn to attack and they go, oh, I'm going to attack with this. It's like, oh, no, 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 you're not. You thought you were going to attack. No, that gets bounced. And now you have to wait to your second main phase to play the spell, and I'm more than likely going to counter it. So yeah, that's, exactly. That's that's wonderful. Brazen now, Borrower me... really allows you to. It's a versatile card where you know at minimum it's a three-one flash flyer, which mm-hmm. fits well with the deck. And then if anything does, you know, slip through, like so, some of the games you you are because you need to play fast. Sometimes, sometimes you can't afford to you know, just hold up mana every turn. Sometimes it is correct to, you know, jam a Supreme Phantom on your turn. Mm-hmm. And then your opponents often feels like, oh, well, now's my chance to resolve my cards. And then next turn, often you can go, you know, bounce your card, hold up counterspell for the card that already resolved. And now that my Supreme Phantom's already in play, you know, I'm racing you faster than you can replay your cards. Correct. I mean, that's that's why I love a Mono Blue Snow. Now, let me get into the lands because, like, it, this was a head scratcher for me because I'm sitting here yeah. like, huh? And then a uh, friend of the show, Nika Chu, MTG, I don't know if you know the young man based out of Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada. He brought up the same thought process I did. Yep. And it's your 22 lands. They're beautiful. They're wonderful. What scratch, what I did in my thing is I, I, I put three faceless havens and then 19 snow covered lands. You have four faceless havens and 18 snow covered lands. Why? So this is really um this was actually a last minute change. So you're gonna see an Ottawa in the sideboard. Originally, mm-hmm. how my deck was was it was three faceless havens, 18 snow covered islands, and one Ottawa replacing one of the snow covered islands. Same amount of blue sources. 
Right. It is a little bit awkward with Ascendant Spirit and Faceless Haven. But again, that was a bit of a concession to Wynota where, you know, playing, a, you know, even having a four mana card that just bounces Wynota for a turn still, you know, pl has enough utility that I think right. it was warranted. But I did expect um, ever since Ledger Shredder got more popular and Rakdos midrange was seeing more play, I made a kind of a last minute decision that I really wanted the maximum amount of man lands, you okay. know, in the deck, in the main. And I didn't have time um, because it was last minute to, you know, grab another sideboard card. So I kind of just shoved the Ottawara into the sideboard, to be honest. Okay. Um, and move the Faceless Haven back in the main. So if I had the choice, it would be four Faceless Haven, 17 Snow-Covered Islands, one Ottawara, and then have, an, you know, an, another good sideboard. A flex spot in the sideboard. Yeah. Okay. Now, that's a good answer, because I'm sitting here like, I'm scratching my head like, this doesn't make sense, but it makes sense, and it's kind of weird, but it's good. It's kind of... Yeah. I, the French, the, the French would say, is like, it definitely can be a bit awkward when you're trying to double spell. You know, if you have a hand of like, let's say, Snow Covered Island, Faceless Haven, and then you have double, triple one drop, it's like you can't actually play all three one drops by turn two. Right. So that's the big reason why you'll sometimes see the the third, I mean, the fourth Faceless Haven on the sideboard. But I, I really do think the ability to just maximize your chances of having one faceless haven in play for when you're playing you know any of the attrition based matchups is extremely important okay now one card that actually that i actually fell in love with in my mono blue snow build and people are going to go really you like that card and it's uh a spectral adversary let me ask you why didn't you put spectral adversary even in the sideboard so spectral adversary is you know i think the card's decent i think the card is um definitely worse than the 24 you know major creatures that aren't you know all the ones except brazen bar i think those ones all need to be four of in general um as far as spectral adversary you'll often see one or two copies um instead of brazen borrower or instead of lofty denial um i really just you know i felt like i had i just wanted a little bit of additional um cheap interaction for again cards like Wynota or ledger shredder that hit the board through you know through counter magic and spectral adversary while it can technically deal with you know it's one of those cards that hits the board it requires more you know brazen borrow to bounce only cost two mana spectral adversary you do need to get to a full four um so i felt you know in testing i kind of felt like i wanted just additional interaction rather than you know additional cheap creatures okay. that makes sense no it makes sense of sense it just doesn't hurt to ask now what it was kind of funny i, I nikachu brought it up and I, I was like uh the only you know and i'm i'm, I'm gonna mention it is mutavault mutavault is pioneer legal yes why would you know his you know maybe his point of view or his thought process was why would we want to put faceless haven instead of mutavault you know mutavault is cheaper it's a two two creature it gets becomes a three three creature with uh a, a supreme phantom but to me i i see the why with the faceless haven because of the ascendant spirit am i yeah, correct so in thinking this, this is, process this is, big, this is the big concession like 
I've se- I've even seen people cutting as- you know cutting some ascend. I've seen lists that cut ascendant spirit so that they can play Mutavault instead of Faceless Haven, and I I think ascendant spirit is too good. Um, and I think the the upgrade of Mutavault over Faceless Haven is smaller than the inability to activate ascendant spirit when because you have a mutavault instead of a faceless haven right? right so that's why you'll sometimes see lists that don't even run an ottawara right and and i'm willing to be wrong that that ottawara should just be another snow covered island like you really when you have ascendant spirit in play you really want to get at least to that second chapter so at least having three snow lands in play right so you know mutavault is definitely a better card than Faceless Haven. Like if I ha- if Mutavault were a snow land, I would be running it over Faceless Haven. Like that's no question. But okay. you know, the one drops, we don't have access to infinite one drops, and Ascended Spirit is just too good. Oh, it, one thing I will tell people it, who who aren't playing this deck or who haven't played this deck, when you have Ascendant Spirit out in battlefield, it looks like a meh card. Like, let's be honest with you, it's just meh. But when you attack and then you have the two snow available, your opponent starts thinking like, ooh, is he going to pop it? Yeah. This card is when I get to three and four. It's even better. Exactly. It's also Ascendant Spirit is by far, you know, let's say you're playing an attrition-based matchup like is it Arachdos and you're into, you know, your Arachdos opponent thought seizes you a bunch and you're kind of in top deck mode. And then you have four lands in play or like five lands in play and you draw ascendant spirit it's like you can immediately get this thing up to you know it's a one drop but in reality it's an enormous mana sink so it actually ends up being your best top deck in the late game you know even a card like spectral sailor again serves a similar purpose where it's a one drop but let's say you draw it on turn five well it's a one drop that i can now just start sinking mana into Mm -hmm same with faceless haven etc so even though the deck is a lot of just cheap cards you can play an attrition based matchup and you know and still succeed in the late game i mean like you consider on the end of your opponent's turn if you don't got no creatures oh i'll just take some man into it oh i i didn't feel like attacking this turn my my opponent's attacking oh i'll block with this i'll pump it up right then and there yeah they're sitting there like oh no i didn't expect it or i attack and (laughs) I already popped it up for the two. Mm. Now I'll tank or I'll pump it up to the three. So it's a four, four flyer comes in, does its yeah. thing. It's, it's wonderful. I exactly. And doing it at instant speed means your opponent can, you know, if it's a two, three and your opponent has a three, four, it's like, they can't block it. They can't successfully block it. Cause you can just sink more mana into it. But then if they don't block, they'll just take a bunch of damage. So they're kind of in a rock and a hard place. Now this, this and I hate, I hate to say it, and if you anybody who wants to go back and look at my old catalog, my one of my first episodes that I did talking about Kaltheim, I poo pooed the hell out of Ascendant Spirit. I poo pooed that crap out of it. I thought that card was nothing but pure fecal material, you know. And I was a hundred percent wrong. I like there's egg all over my face because now I actually love the card. I think it's a great card to play. But let's get into your sideboard. Yep. Three dive down. Please explain. Uh, three dive down is this is um, really important for when your opponent has a lot of cheap removal, like matchups like is it um, like is it Phoenix, 
And the, the big thing that Dive Down does that no other card does, even Spell Pierce, is it protect. There's a lot of people, because of how popular Winota is, playing Rending Volley. And Rending Volley is a red instant, and it deals four damage to a white or blue creature, but it can't be countered. So you, you know, if you're when you're playing cards like Curious Obsession, you really want to be able to protect your cards. You have four rattle chains in the main, but it's a very common play pattern for you to go one drop, untap, play a land, you know, play Curious Obsession, and your opponent's like, ha, oh, I have Rending Volley, or whatever, you know, or, or a removal spell, and you go, I'll dive down it, you know, for one mana, attack, get the Curious Obsession trigger, force you to have another removal spell, and if you don't, I can run away with the game. Now, then let's go to Witness Protection. This is a sleeper card. People have not been talking about it. This is new Capenna. Let's talk about it. Yeah, witness protection um, serves a few roles. The first is you um, against any aggressive deck like Mono Red, which your matchup is pretty weak. Those are some of your you know worst matchups. You really need to be able to slow them down. So being able to put this on, you know, even just a Soul Scar Major Monastery Swift Spear, the one one that comes from witness protection rarely matters. Because your your deck is entirely flyers, so the one one can't block, and your deck is fast enough usually that it can race, you know, without the one one attacking you mattering. But there are a ton of extremely problematic cards that you need to be able to answer when they if they hit the board. Um, the for you know for Mono Red, it's Eidolon of the Great Revel. If they're on the play and they play an Eidolon of the Great Revel, you can't race that. No, you're, it's it's nearly impossible to actually race a turn two Eidolon on the draw. Right. If your opponent in Winota has a turn two voice of resurgence, again, on the play, so you can't counter it, you can't really afford to interact at instant speed anymore because you'll end up giving them a token, you know, tokens that and that are enormous and end up racing back. So having the ability to just play this one mana enchantment that, you know, is kind of an answer any problematic card that creature that your opponent plays same with Ledger Shredder, it answers that, it answers Thing in the Ice. Um, and simultaneously, in a race, it also makes your Geistlight Snares cost less, because it is an enchantment. So in any hand where you don't draw Curious Obsession, you know, the ability to play a Spirit, play Witness Protection, and actually have Geistlight Snare cost one man instead of two, that is also, you know, a big deal. And, you know, all of these things combined, I think, make Witness Protection good enough as a card you know obviously you're mono blue so your options for good removal are limited mm -hmm. you, you know you don't you were not spoiled by fatal pushes and stuff exactly well uh let's go with the three aethergus i'm assuming <laughs> that's for winona this is for mono green and also mono red like just yep. uh, just just, it's just oof, a good card just get just him, a good catch all get out of here you know it's similar to a counter spell in the fact that you know, even though they can put the card on top, oftentimes if you're racing them, even just acting as a semi-time walk effect is good enough. And unlike a counterspell, you can you can remove a card like Voice of Resurgence or something that hits the board. And right. you know, so it just it's just a good card. And then number four, uh, four Mystic Disputes. Uh, that just makes sense. You know, uh, if you're going against a mono blue, if you're going against another blue deck that wants to counter your stuff. It only makes sense to put that, and then you have the one Ottawa. We talked about that. Now, if you were to swap out or remove the Ottawa and put in the main, what card would you want in there? 
Yeah, so two cards that I've seen that are I think are very powerful. Unlicensed Hearse from the new set is a very, very powerful card that I, you know, every time I've played against it or with it, it has impressed. And I don't think this is the best deck for it, but I think the card is just so powerful against Is It Phoenix that it's, you know, it's definitely worth an inclusion. The other card would be, um, I think, March of Swirling Mists, which is somewhat inefficient it x in a blue and you can phase out x target creatures but you can remove um blue cards from your hand to make it cost less right um that has utility both against you know you can phase out cards like winota or you know you can phase out cards on your opponent's mono red side as a time walk but you can also phase out your own cards mm-hmm and so one you know one of the the matchup for example that i lost to in the showcase was against blue white control and right. supreme verdict is a very problematic card you can't counter it and it's just going to wipe your board but right. if your opponent casts supreme verdict and you go phase out my three threat threats untap they come back it's pretty what, what, hard what? for your opponent to beat that so exactly it's worth considering Okay, you know, so you hear it here, ladies and gentlemen. We, you know, we found a soft spot in his deck, and he he found a way to make it even better and stronger. And uh, ouch, I feel bad for his future opponents. <laughs> so, what are the let's now that we've broken down your deck? Okay, let's let's look at the uh, decks that you did face. Uh, yep. We need to go to the next slide, if possible, Ravishing. And you faced elves. You you had your first. You got one loss and then two wins back to back. So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So elves. Elves is kind of like a tier three ish deck. It's not super popular. I don't think it's that great. But it is a you know an aggressive deck that play. You know you're gonna play. A bunch of mana dorks and then you're just going to jam you know they plays collected company and plays shaman of the pack so it's very very fast so it's very common you know i was on the draw i lost game one and i wasn't surprised i wasn't able to race it this is a type of matchup where like witness protection played a huge deal right okay. where i got to board in the four witness protection i got to board in the aether gusts and i just got to slow my opponent down enough that i was able to race them and elves can't block flyers so no, they can slow them down a bit you're gonna be able to find. Well, tell us about Esper. I, I don't even want to try to pronounce that. Some Parhelion. Yeah, this Esper Parhelion. This is the our Esper Grease Fang. This is the you know co- essentially yeah. the combo deck of you know if you can discard Parhelion, which is a huge vehicle, and then you can play Grease Fang, return it, and attack your opponents in a lot of trouble. This matchup is extremely good. You're you have a bunch of counter spells for Grease Fang. A lot of their cards don't matter because it's just ways for them to cycle through their deck. And then Shacklegeist, even on board, means that you can tap the Parhelion before it even attacks. You know, it's just very difficult for your opponent to actually win the game. And then is it Phoenix? You win two and one. This is a matchup a lot of people are a little nervous about, a little skittish about. Yeah, this doesn't is, seem this like you're a big matchup where um Getting game one is very important because they're going to board in a lot of extra removal spells and mystical disputes. So it's going to be somewhat difficult to win both sideboard games. But this is the matchup where Dive Down really shines. The ability to have one mana protection for your, you know, your opponent's removal means that 
you you are often forcing your opponent to answer each thing you play but you know the reason it's a little scary is they have a lot of good cheap removal they have card advantage that's cheap too in treasure cruise and thing in the ice can definitely be scary though you know this is this is again another matchup where having a flash game plan is really useful my is it a phoenix opponent played turn two thing in the ice and flipped Oof. it game one and still lost because i you know the wow. rattle the the plan of okay i'll take seven on your end step play rattle chains play my two one drops again that you bounced they still have to deal with those cards right so oh so they come in your benefit now you went uh with the white blue control this is the matchup that you didn't have success in nope. uh what happened there so game one i actually think i'm favored and i got really got by a one of um i had double curious obsession on a one drop with geist light snare backup and my opponent had the one of a ganjo the land that you that you can discard to remove a card and i didn't and my counter spell didn't work and I definitely felt favored and lost to the one of, which is fine. You know, that happens. And then game two, you know, my opponent had double Supreme verdict. I mulliganed. It happens. But that sucks. I definitely, that's, de you know, Supreme verdict is definitely the card that I, you know, assuming blue white control continues to be a big player in the format, I should probably have some, you know, good cards against it. Okay, so the, the, you heard you heard him talking about the March of the Swirling Winds, something you should definitely consider, ladies and gentlemen, while playing against it. Then you did Is It Control back-to-back. Back-to-back Is It Control. You must have been like, yeah, yeah, I beat an Is It Control deck, and then I got to face another one? Hey, um, so, um, Is It Control differs a little bit from Phoenix and the fact that it's more, you play Thing in the Ice, but instead of playing Arclight Phoenix, you're playing Additional Removal, and you're playing Narset, Parter Veils, alongside Collective Defiance. Okay. Um, the nice thing is that outside of Thing in the Ice, you know, some of their removal, like Collective Defiance, is inefficient, and cards like Narset don't matter too much. So, again, similarly to is at Phoenix, they're going to be boarding in Rending Volleys and Mystical Disputes, so being able to pick up Game 1 is very big. Which no, I was we'll... able to pick up game one in all of the Is It matchups, which was very nice. I hear you. Now the next two decks, it was the Rakdos. I faced the, I, the two victories I had so far in my, uh, I guess my, me playing the, the I forget what the hell they call them, the five matchup. Uh, uh, the yep. leagues. Thank you. Uh, I went toe to toe with Rakdos. Let me just tell you, I I do not fear Rakdos at all. That's like this. Like I don't want to say it's an easy win but i'm not you know crying you know i'm like i'm not really worried about the deck uh tell us about these victories your, your double victory and then your win loss win victory yeah so these were both against rakdos mid-range so you know playing they're just playing they're playing a lot of just solid powerful cards you know graveyard trespasser bone crusher giant um you know Kalidus, chandra torture defiance etc Part of the reason I think the matchup is reasonable is that, you know, they're very heavily based on just thought seizing you and then playing good, good creatures. But it's like a lot of my cards are very redundant. They do a lot of the same things. So I'm not really afraid of thought seize. And a lot of the Rakdos' removal spells are, you know, somewhat inefficient, like Bone Crusher Giant. Sometimes they have to stomp something, you rattle chains it, and then, you know, they don't even get the Bone Crusher Giant to cast. 
and they're good ground creatures like bone you know like bone crusher or graveyard trespasser they don't block your flyers so you know they're often forced to just keep casting you know their three and four mana cards and you can counter the ones that matter well my, my favorite thing is they always go after the ascendant spirit they are scared to yep. death of the ascendant spirit so ladies and gentlemen if you're, you're you you're playing against this deck understand they're going to do everything in their power to kill that ascendant spirit now you went again again against is it control was this uh, any different from the previous matchup nope basically the same exact deck um and again same exact result so now this next one your your 10th round winona that actually so, surprised me a double quit win I, I was like i expected maybe a loss but you came in there swinging hard so this was actually my finals matchup i uh, my round 10 was against green devotion and my round 11 was my nota so okay. um i i maybe i might have made a mistake um okay. on twitter but the and those were both easy two two oh victories very quickly and those were the two matchups i was prepared for so yeah, for the mono green because I'll, I'll be honest with you the mono green deck is brutal it looks it looks like a mean matchup especially so, against the mono blue snow yeah mono green the, is again a big reason why i added lofty denial um and a big reason why i played mono blue is you're a little bit lower to the ground so you can race and mono green in its current form, because it's really trying to maximize the power of Nykthos, is trying to, you know, play, a, you know, the first couple turns are just developing, you know, play Alanoar Elves, play Kiora, play Wolf Willowhaven, just a ways to develop your mana. And so we both kind of develop our battlefields. And then their big payoffs, they don't play a ton of big payoffs. They're playing like four Storm the Festival, four Cavalier of Thorns, a couple Nisu Shakes the Worlds, and a few Karn the Great Creator. Right. And so oftentimes they're relying on resolving, you know, they're only going to have one or two big payoffs in their hand a lot of the time. And so if you can just develop your board and go counter your big threat, counter your big threat, they're just going to be out of gas um so and then it post board you get to board in your aether gusts as even more ways to deal with them um so i i think mono green was again a big reason why i played this version of the deck and then as far as winota um similarly a huge amount you know they're 23 lands and then they're playing eight elves and four prosperous innkeepers so that's already 35 cards just to right. develop mana um and then so outside of voice of resurgence the only the big payoffs for them are like Ezekiel's Chariot, Winota, and you know they play Tovalar's Huntmaster, but they're not going to get to that usually in the matchup. It's too slow. Okay. So you know, oftentimes it can be as simple as they play Elf, they play Innkeeper, and then they jam a Winota. You counter it, and their you know their battlefield goes from being I have Winota on the board and I win the game to I don't have Winota and my cards don't do anything. So um, this is again the matchup where. Um, witness protection really came in in the second victory i was able to witness protection of voice of resurgence and then counter winota and that was it nice very nice now let me ask you which when you're facing this deck was there any particular deck that actually stood out and you're like damn this is a really tough tough matchup where you just you know you had difficulty dealing with it yeah so the hardest matchup i was fortunate enough to dodge 
was is mono red. I was able to dodge that the whole tournament, which is extremely good. Um, mono red, you know, mono red. The the reason it's a little bit is a little bit of a problem is you're a tempo based deck that relies on your cards being more efficient than your opponents. Mono red is a very efficient deck that is faster than you and has a lot of very cheap removal spells because they're burn spells, but they right. can you know interact with your cards very efficiently. They also have the you know way to cheese the matchup of just playing a turn to Eidolon and you are going because all of your cards you know make you take two damage every single card in your deck. It's very very difficult to beat, and you don't have removal spells for it. So this is you know a big reason why post board you know I'm boarding and dive down Aethergust and Witness Protection and mm. just you know hoping that I can get both sideboard games. Um, is that is still a little bit of a you know is still a bit of a concern i think especially when they move towards ledger shredder that card is extremely powerful and also is an enormous flying blocker that makes it hard to attack into yeah so that is a matchup where you know against is it normally my plan was to board in just for you know the four mystical disputes but if people start playing more ledger shredder we might have to board in witness protection too that's mm. and you know, I don't want to be overboarding in that matchup, but the, those two are probably the big concerns. Again, blue white in my current build is a little bit scary, but okay. the nice thing is that this deck can metagame for you know a variety of different decks. So if you're you know if you're afraid of mono red, you can you can add more aether gusts. You can add um, cerulean drake is an extremely mm, powerful yes. card that some people play in the sideboard. Yep, I thought I played Aether Gust more over it because I wanted to have more game in the mono green matchup. But if you're afraid of mono red and there's a lot of mono red, you can play Cerulean Drake in the sideboard. There's, you know, there's good cards you have access to in mono blue. Yeah. I played like uh, when I first got into pioneer, like when I first started, I, uh, Star City games had an event over in, uh, uh, East Rutherford where the giant New York giants and jets play. And, uh, basically, uh, I went in there with the Cerulean uh, Drake, you know, I went with a play set just because I didn't know, you know, I was going to match. And next thing you know, oh, I, I met, f matched up with Feather. I was like, oh, okay, not a problem, Feather. Come on, bring it, and I'll block with my creatures. And I ended up winning the match, so it was pretty yep. good. Now, uh, is there anything you would have done differently in your deck or your play style? Um. I mean, I mentioned the Ottawara, obviously. That should have been another sideboard card. I I don't... Honestly, I felt like I called the event pretty well. Um, I was surprised to not play against Wynota and Mono Green during the Swiss. Uh, I didn't okay. play against them until top eight. But, you know, the fact that I was able to 7-1 the Swiss without playing against the two matchups I was prepared for really showed that, you know, the deck was a lot more powerful than even I expected playing it. Okay. And um, I think the adjustments I made with Lofty Denial and Brazen, you know, additional Lofty Denials and Brazen Bars to the main, the four faceless haven, all of those paid off a lot. So okay. basically that, that basically answers my next question. Like what were your feelings? And obviously you expressed how well is it that, this deck is now with the pro tour coming do you believe this version of spirits is it ready is it is it push it positioned in the right spot for this format and for pro tour players to go this is the it deck yeah. so i think this deck is very powerful it another thing that i do like um about it 
is that it is extreme it is very it's a very difficult deck both to play with and against meaning if you are very prepared on either side if you're very prepared against mono blue or playing with mono blue you know you get an edge and i felt like especially for this tournament people didn't really know how to play against mono blue no so i i do expect now you know after you know the showcase i do expect people to start playing with and against it more um which is a little bit, you know, concerning, but I, I think the deck is just super powerful. And again, I said, you can make a bunch of extra metagame decisions depending on, you know, what decks and cards you're afraid of. I think, you know, the your game plan's pretty streamlined, but, you know, like I said, card, you know, cards like Cerulean Drake, there's, there's just cards for any matches you can imagine. Right, like Kira's Tasuki. I've like I I don't know if you watched the show, but uh, since the very beginning, I've been doing the shout out section where people, you know, in their leagues, if they top five, I'll shout you out. You know, if you you do exceptionally one of these things, I will shout you out. I don't care where you are in the world, I will shout you out. Hiro Tasuki, he's been taking Mono Blue yep. Snow since yep. December and top beating five oh five oh five oh five oh five oh. It to me, it's no surprise. That he's been kicking names and taking ass like it's it's yeah. a wonderful delicious thing and to see someone else come out nowhere and just go boom you know people the way i look at mono blue snow it's not your typical deck you know yeah it's a tribal deck yes but in a sense no because it's you can't have a smooth brain to play this deck okay you have to there is a lot of thought you have to really it's a thinking man's deck yeah. It, it truly is a truly a thinking a thinking person stack because if there's a young lady out there i don't want to say him hey, you know but this is a thinking person stack you have to think you know it, there are moments where you you're going to make a move that's counterintuitive and it will work into your benefit and then the long game they're going to you know you would have gone damn i shouldn't have done that but it got me the victory yeah i mean even you mono blue historically i mean there's even been mono you know mono blue tempo decks and standard in different standards sets as well the decks tend to be you know a lot of your cards are are relatively underpowered on the surface right? right where you know you look at a card like spectral sailor you look at a card like rattle chains it's like these cards aren't super impactful or efficient but they're the synergies you gain by you know when every card works together means that it's you know it's very difficult for your opponent to play against because you can have any range of different cards and um you know i think that the, every you know the synergies and everything just make the deck look a, a, a lot more powerful play out a lot more powerful mm -hmm. than it looks and that's well, a really important thing for it and you also get the benefit of yeah i mean there are starts where you just go one drop into curious obsession with geist lights near a backup and your opponent is so far behind that you know it doesn't matter. See, that's that's what I love about the synergy with spirits. People just sleep on it, and the synergy with spirits it's it's wonderful. It's like uh, there's a wonderful saying that many married couples would well should learn to say. It's happy spouse, happy house, happy spirits, happy house too. It has that that synergy, and it's wonderful. Um, so I, I love the fact that you're saying this this deck, you know, may be the it thing when it comes to Pro Tour. Now, one deck that I did said that I did say that I wanted to talk to you about, it's a slow creeper. This thing is, I, I believe this this thing is gonna start making a tons of noise, and it's Giada. 
Gianna yeah. and Angels. I think this Angel deck people don't know about. Yeah. I'm looking at this deck and it bothers me. It bothers me because spirits, it's our evasion. It's flying. Angels, yep. they're using the same thing and they're gaining life and they're in, they're bumping up their creatures' power and you know toughness, and it bothers me. It bothers me a lot because there's no interaction with deck. The only interaction is, is I gain life and my creatures get bigger. Yep. And that bothers mm-hmm. me a lot. And if it wasn't for Giada that came out in New the, from the streets of New Capenna, this deck would be not even a thought. Yeah. Now, like now I see it's like this it's it's sick. Like what what is your thought on this deck? And if you and if you were to face it, what does mono blue snow build? How would you go yeah. about attacking it and kicking its ass? So I will be completely honest. The a recipe for success if you are looking to try to, you know, beat mono blue and not necessarily join it. One, you know, mono blue gains a huge edge because all your creatures fly. So one of the, you know, recipes for success against aggro and tempo decks historically has been if you can go slightly bigger than your opponent you often will find yourself being, you know, having more success um, because your cards are just a little bit more powerful, even if they're not quite as efficient. Right. And both, both Bant Spirits and Angels kind of satisfy that, where I don't think they're very good matchups for Mono Blue. They are, both of these decks are playing, you know, a slew of flyers that are all slightly bigger than your flyers, efficient enough that you can't just go under them but, you know, if both people aren't playing a ton of removal and both people are playing a bunch of flyers, but your opponents are playing bigger flyers that grow bigger over time, it can be a bit concerning. The hope when you're playing mono blue is that, you know, the Angels deck does have, some, um, so, you know, some cards that are a little bit weak. You know, they don't, they're not going to have the perfect you know, Giada into Resplendent Angel Curve every single time right? into Collected Company. You know, you're not going to have that curve every time. And as a more efficient deck, if you are able to counter the, you know, the big bad angels that matter, you know, you can still go under them. Also, this is a matchup where Witness Protection, again, is big, shutting off the you know a big flyer putting it on Giada and making sure that card doesn't go go get out of hand you know you can definitely race them shacklegeist is enormous too you know if they're going all in on a couple big flyers you can go wide and tap down the cards that matter right so i think shacklegeist is an enormous play in that matchup too okay witness protection and shacklegeist that that's that those are the keys yeah because let me just tell you anybody you know I what about what bothers me is that they they poo pooed me on many on on this deck this card that I have in my mind, and they say it's too powerful. And I'm like, how is it too powerful? And they're looking at Giada, and you look at Ragavan. Spirits is completely underwhelmed, especially in the two the one mana spot. And it's time that we need a one mana good solid mana one creature because of Ragavan, like Giada. But it has flying, it has vigilance, it's a 2 2 creature. Oh, it taps to allow you to play another angel onto the battlefield. Oh, and when the creature comes on the battlefield, it gets plus one, plus one for every other angel that's on the battlefield. 
Yeah. D- did I did I bump my head and miss something? That these cards are just too underpowered. Okay. Let me ask you because uh, you're gonna you're gonna laugh at the de- the card I have in mind. If Watsi came up to you and said, "Zach, you kicked ass. You took names. You you did everything you had to succeed in this upcoming uh, Pioneer Challenge that you're gonna be facing shortly." Create me a card. What card are you making for Watsi? So. If I'm specifically trying to make mono blue better, the biggest thing that I have noticed is every Lord that isn't Supreme Phantom is white. This has been a bit of a pro. This is the one area of mono blue that I wish we had a little bit more was some of the games where you're trying to race. It's so much easier to race when you have Supreme Phantom in play than when you don't. So if they, you know, I would love to see another Lord in mono blue. And is for, you know, the other multicolored decks. Another thing I'd love to see would be all the playable spirits that are one mana are all, you know, you have Mausoleum Wander and you have, you know, Spectral Sailor's okay. It's not great. I would love to play a better one drop. And Ascendant Spirit, while it is very good, requires you to play Snow, which really forces you to play Monocolor. Because... All the other, you know, pathways and shocks and stuff aren't snow. So, you know, maybe they'll print at some point, you know, a one mana spirit that isn't blue. You know, why? Who says they can't print a white one mana spirit that's good? Okay. I would, you know, that would that would be a big thing that would help me drive to more playing Azorius spirits. Would be. You know, the biggest weakness in Azorius and Bant is just you don't have access, you don't have as many powerful one drops when you aren't playing Ascendant Spirit. But, you know, all it takes is them to print one card and things change. For Mono Blue, they printed Ascendant Spirit and, you know, they printed Geistlight Snare, and that's what made me switch over to Mono Blue. But, okay. Well, here here are two spirits. I'm going to give you two. Ready? All right. The first one, you're going to go, they'll never print it. And I'm saying because of Giada and because of Ragavan, it's a moral imperative. And I'm okay with it being a legend. A one mono blue or mono white. It could be either one, but I prefer mono blue. One one flying creature. And it's called Peekaboo. It's basically peak on a creature. Flyer. So I don't know if you know Peak. You yep. get to look at an opponent's hand, and you get to draw a card and make that a legendary creature, Peekaboo. Interesting. Yeah, it's it's sort of like a Spectral Sailor, but then you don't have to sink a ton of mana into to get the benefit. Nope, and the fact that you get to see what's in your opponent's hand, you can sit there and gauge what you, what you can do, the interact- and interactivity. Yep. I think it's a plus one. And the fact that it's legendary, oh, it benefits Ottawara. Wonderful. It's delicious. The, uh, the other one I have was, uh, oh, hold on. Uh, what's it called? Ghost Quarter. Quarter's Attendant. It's a one generic, one a one white, a one two creature, flying creature that has Ghost Quarter on it. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. That's, that definitely is a very interesting card. So they can definitely think? print that. I mean, that that is the, a very... those are solid cards. These are just yeah. simple, humble. People are saying that my my peekaboo is a little too strong. They're like, oh no, that's too powerful. And I'm like, no, you know, before I was like non legendary, we it's okay. Let's make it legendary. And I would like to have two versions of the card: one going like this, and the other one going like this. You know, yep. 
Interesting. That that'd be funny. That'd be you know cute for me. But what are your thoughts? You you think would you play with those cards in spirits? Uh peekaboo, definitely. I mean, that's that would be a very easy inclusion. I think that card is extremely powerful. I mean, just replacing itself on this is already very big for a flyer. That's that's already just better than Spectral Sailor on the surface. Um, it, so and it, it's, outside it, it, of the it, fact that it was legendary, but and the, um, the, and the fact that it's less powerful than Giada and Ragavan. Yeah, the yeah they. I will say with regards to Ragavan that they did specifically print that into a modern only set they you know there's a reason they didn't print that into pioneer and if it right. wasn't pioneer that would not be okay yeah. but but say um, just but still i'm just throwing, the, yeah. throwing that caveat out there it's just like still yeah, they, exactly. they, came, they were able to print those things give me my peek up but watsy yeah, i know power creep is definitely real and what i know watsy watches a show i know you do Look, Mark Rosewater. I'm calling you out. I'm I'm also calling Gavin Varhi. I know you watch the show. No, they don't. They don't watch the show. But if you watch the show, I want my peekaboo. You heard yep. it here. I mentioned it all the time. Damn it! I want a card that just goes like this. Peekaboo. That that would be cute. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. And make sure. it a legendary creature, a fat fat Hispanic you know guy going. <laughs> but that's no here or there. Now, uh, for those who don't know, you can reach Zach Fink sixty four on Twitter. Uh, this is a, this young man's a great follow. He does post what he does, and let me just tell you, this is an upcoming individual who's just taking names, taking ass, just doing. He's just taking everything. You kidding me? Don't leave a dollar bill because that thing's gone. You know what I mean? He's just he he's the real deal. And the fact that he took he was successful with a mono blue snow belt, I can't wait to see what you do in the near future. Any uh, any insights? Any you know little nuggets you want to throw out our way? Just a, out of curiosity. Well, thank you very much. First of all, thank you very much for having me. I Not a always love talking magic, so no no issues there. And you know, Twitter. I will be po you know I play a lot of different decks and stuff in leagues and stuff. And if I if I have success or I have I have some insight, it's definitely the place to check me out for any magic content. So well, there you go. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. Remember, you can follow this young man at ZachFink64 on Twitter. It's a moral imperative. Hopefully, we get to see him one day do a Twitch live feed, maybe YouTube. Who knows? You know, the world is a silly and fickle place, and we never know what's going to happen. So, Ravishing, what did you think of this episode? I think the episode went well. Yeah, Zach is a great guy, right? You know, we Thanks. learned a lot. And let me just tell you, I, I can't wait to go back and start, you know, playing my mono blue snow build again. You know, I'm like, woo! Now, now that I, now I have my upkeep. Like, okay, I got to pull a couple cards here, pull a couple cards here, and you know, improve my deck a little bit. And I can't wait to play it. So, with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for being here. Thank you for joining Zach and I in the Ravishing Renata. And with that being said, the next time. You're kicking your opponent's ass. Make sure they say, that's Bushi. We're out of here.